Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Impulse Control Experiment. My name is Joel Harrison, and we have wrapped up the experiment, uh, at least in theory. Still have a few more episodes to finish. I promised you 30 in 30 days, and I'm going to get more like 30 in 35 days, but I'm still bringing them at you guys. Uh, today, I have brought in one of my awesome new friends. Um, he does a podcast. He is a relationship coach out in excuse me, coach out in beautiful Hawaii. And uh, this guy kind of came to me. I mentioned the experiment that I was getting ready to do it in a group. And he like jumped out and said, Hey, man, can I talk to you about this stuff? And just from the get go was kind of an inspiration and there to support with literally uh, zero benefit to himself, just being an awesome guy. Um, I started listening to his podcast, uh, first wake ups with Ryan Shrava. And um, gonna be honest, it's probably what led me to doing this podcast was your information, your style, and your awesome uh, co-host Amber being real and raw with everybody and telling people what was up. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to be real and raw with people. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome uh, my new good friend Ryan Sharaba. Hey, Ryan, how are we doing? Dude, I'm doing super good. I appreciate that. And uh, one of the things I noticed right away and what I do is that this is absolutely a benefit to me. Reaching out and connecting with people is, since I started doing that, has drastically changed my life. So don't, uh, don't, 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 let me, don't, let, don't let it fool you that I didn't get a benefit from reaching out and connecting with you as well because now we're here today. And so it all works out perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, and that's sure. one thing that's like fueling my soul right now is you know the podcast just started out but through the month i've had you know i got some analytics so i've seen i have over a thousand views so that's pretty cool you know mm -hmm. or, or listen so i'm reaching some people and then i'm getting some people that are actually sending me a message and being like hey this episode was super real it was super prevalent like it helped me and i'm just like my heart grows this big Heck yeah and man. i just get warm and, and like it just feels so amazing when you reach out to somebody and you're like hey Try this. It'll help you feel better. And somebody's like, oh my God, it helped me feel better. It just, yeah. It's awesome. I love it. No, it's, it's one of the things, one of the things that Amber and I get the most of is Amber gets a lot of love on the she ride. She deserves it. First way I guess with podcast. And it's, it's awesome. But the stuff that they get, they're like, um, the, the most, I guess, not the most surprising thing that we get, but the thing we get the most often that I think can be surprising is people are like, I had no idea if people that are close to her or close to us, but like, I had no idea you were experiencing that. Mm. And I think the most important thing to realize is that like me and you, I think me and you were able to connect and be really real. It's like, Oh dude, I've totally experienced something like that before. And I think the more we're open and the more we share, the more we realize, Oh, I'm the same as that person over there in this regards. And I think it's just the more we can share, the more that that connects and that feedback that we've been getting is really, it's proving it's kind of proving our experiment, like what we wanted to do and how we wanted people to get together and collect and share more and connect more and realize that we're way more similar than we are different. And so continuing to get that feedback too is so valuable to us. And it, it just like you said, fuels our fire. Our heart grows two or three sizes, just like the Grinch. It's Christmas time and we can all like, you know, cut steak and give it to Cindy Lou Who and be happier together. And so I'm stoked about it. Yeah, man, it's it's awesome. And and like I said, it it truly inspired me to go like, oh, okay, so you want to go through this change. And I was started because I was a little bit worried about accountability. I was like, if I have if I have something better 
you know, someone else to be accountable to, then I will more likely stay in the parameters of the experiment. And when I heard um, Amber, you know, you, you and Amber together, but basically Amber being like, here it is, here's my shit. And I'm going like, I have some of those same feelings. I have some of those own thoughts. And the value in there is identifying that we're all similar in those things. And they might mm -hmm. not be all exactly related. We might not have the same things, but the base feelings are, are there and getting that out. And that was why I wanted to share. And that's what I feel like you and my audience have in common is they get that for sure, that realness that goes, Oh, I have that too. And this guy's talking about it. And you're always talking about just talking about it, getting it out. Yeah. Just talking it about changes it. the whole game. So. so I think one of the biggest things, and I think one of the common misnomers we have as far as sharing goes, is that we feel the thing that, we, that we're not sharing is connected to something bad or wrong or shameful. And I think one of the things that I'm really, really, through the, through the first Wake Ups project and my project with Amber, one of the things that I'm really noticing is that the more that you can get this stuff out and that pain that we feel from holding it down isn't pain from which I used to, what I would have used to have said is like us decaying like internally. It's like leaving, you like go to Costco and you buy like that, the bucket of spinach and like in two or three days, it's like rotting in your fridge. And I think that's like the metaphor we look at. It's like this thing we're sharing is like rotting inside of us. But I think what's actually happening is there's something really powerful or something really creative or something that you could really, really harness and use to help other people and that's the thing that wants out. It wants to break out of that rotten shell. And then, but once it comes out, you're like, oh my goodness, this is like this amazing thing. You know, like the podcast you created, like dude, 25 episodes is amazing in a month. Like that's Thank amazing. You. And it's like getting that stuff out. And then it's like, you know, it, even if one person reaches out and says, dude, that helped me so much. You're like, oh my goodness, all I had to do is, and then the pain is like, it's essentially not there and it's replaced with this like excitement and it's like that feeling of your heart being like, feels like it wants to burst out of your chest. And it's just, it's this, ugh, I just, I love it so much. And for me, like, this is my most favorite thing in the world. And for so many years, it was just the opposite, like hiding, hiding, hiding behind a uniform or behind a gym membership or behind the, the three or four women I was dating or my cool car or whatever it was. And that's just, you know, it's just not the same. It's not as valuable. You know, even there's, there's not necessarily, there's, and there's no price tag you can put on either. And that's the good, the good part. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I, as I see kind of here, well, here we are, it's uh December 3rd. So I've been technically outside the experiment for a couple mm -hmm. of days and anybody who was listening knows that I was jonesing for a beer and a joint. And as I got closer to the end of the experiment, I, I wanted those things. And then over the weekend I had, you know, I didn't hit it too hard, but I had a couple beers and I had a couple joints and I went back to those things and I'm like, okay, I see now how kind of changing the arrangement there, moving the prevalence, the enjoyment of, uh, you know, being inebriated to helping somebody and getting that joy that they're not even, they're not even mm -hmm. comparable. And, mm -hmm. you know, now to move forward into that, piece of life and where I want to go from here is, is a little bit easier now that you had that, you know, and that was kind of the thing I was interested in to see what it was like when I went back. Dude, that's, I love that context too. And I love that's what you experienced. You said that the joy, you had a few beers, you had a couple of joints and it was fun and it felt good, 
but it, yeah, didn't yeah, it was it was compare, fine yeah it didn't even compare to like getting those emails and like hearing those people from other people oh I yeah love that. that's a really that's a huge contrast so I remember you and I talking about this last week about you going back. And so I think it's good that you did because now you yeah. have that, like strong contrast. And so that's cool, man. I freaking really think that's great. Well, it was like one of these things I was having a good struggle about over the last 10 days of the experiment. Like, okay, I've hit this good point. Good stuff's coming out. The universe mm -hmm. is loving on me, all that stuff. But then as soon as I hit that halfway point, started looking at like, you know, going to the grocery store and seeing some stouts on the shelf and just be like, Hey girl, how you doing? You know? And it like, <laughs> you know, or like it, I, I, it's, it's, it wasn't like a getting drunk point. It was more like, I like stouts. I like fancy beers, you know? And so mm -hmm. they were, they were here and I couldn't have them and people were posting about them on social media and stuff. And I was like glorifying and fantasizing them. And, and, you know, in that respect a little bit, I'm, I'm still think is fine, but it was interesting to to have that like, oh, I didn't get this feeling at all. Or, you know, I got this feeling in the last month when I was sober that I didn't have before that. The, I have a, I just have a question because I'm so interested in the, yeah. um, what kind of beers did you drink? Uh, stouts, like chocolate stouts. Okay. And a, and a, and a, and a porter and a porter. And my a buddy, porter? my, my buddy sells beer for a brewery that's like, oh, perfect. Far away from me. And he like brought me a beer and from his brewery. And that was like my first beer. So the, um, like the enjoyment that you got from him, was it a different kind of enjoyment than you would have got a month ago? Um, and you know, it's kind of it's I, like wine was one of my example I'll use. Yeah. Like I didn't really like 10 years ago. I didn't really like wine. Mm -hmm. I was married to a, a wino alcoholic. And her thing was wine. She was like a bottle and a half a night, you know, just whatever. And she's like this tall. But anyways, it's, um, and so that was kind of like my thing. But then we got divorced and then I started dating somebody else and they were like, oh, wine and da, da, da. And I was like, okay. And I remember going to wine tastings with my ex before we got divorced and learning more about it and being like, oh, this is in, you know, this flavor. But then you watch the show. It's, just, it's all bullshit anyways, because it's just, you drink right. what you like. But anyway, so, but it's like the more I got to know about it and I think I, I like cider. And so ciders is a thing too. Like I'll try different things and be like, oh, this one's really good. You can taste this. And so it's like kind of that enjoyment. So it's like a learning process involved to it. So I was just curious if it's, but you may, you may already know all that stuff. So. Well, yeah, but, and there, and because I've worked in the service industry for a long time before as actually the, mm -hmm. where I left to finally take the kick in the pants to start doing my own thing was I got laid off from a restaurant management job. The restaurant didn't doing well. They were going to close one day a week. They didn't need as many managers. So they just moved me out. So that was when I went, okay, like I can't do this life anymore. Time to transition and try to do, you know, more of my stage work and more of my, which led me into doing change work as well. You know, right. As and so, um, so I have, I enjoy drinking for that reason, you know, for mm -hmm. the enjoyment, for the nuanced, different flavors and those kind of things. As much as I do going out dancing on a Saturday night and, you know, having a few more. And so, yeah. but this, so, but now I think that that drinking is going to tail off of uh, the cheap whiskey and water at the bar, you know, <laughs> is going to, cause that's the getting drunk drinking. For sure. For sure. You know, sure. there's, there's two different kinds of drinking. There's enjoying yeah. a $10 cocktail, you know, cause it's delicious. Mm -hmm. And then there's enjoying $4 whiskey and water so I can get hammered. So, yeah. so there, there is a sure. difference there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good notice too. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
What was the biggest thing you noticed because I'm a relationship guy? What was from you and uh, your wife doing this together? What was the biggest thing you guys, what was the biggest change you noticed inside of your relationships? Oh, immediately it was super tough. I mean, it was super tough because it, I think that there was a lot and I, and we knew this going in that there was a lot mm-hmm. to fix in the relationship and we had been fighting a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just on that pace where you're like, man, sometimes it just feels like that's all we do anymore is fight. Right. And you know, you, you start to think, which is, which is better staying with this person that I really do love and fighting all the time, you know, or, or finding an alternative solution. And so that was one of the things that I felt like would be a side effect of the experiment was an improvement in our relationship. But I don't think we realized how much we um, drank or smoked or partied to um, numb kind of the fact that we weren't engaging and, and, and doing our, our relationship, you know, for sure. Uh, and so like, as soon as all that stuff dropped out and here we are like sober at seven o'clock on a Monday evening, like, and, and dealing with some of that stress, like we fought constantly for the first week hard and, mm. and got to some things that were like, but as soon as it was, there wasn't anything sitting on top of it, like to calm that out. So it was like, okay, I'm going to emotionally fight. And that was like the first three or four days. And then I'm like, okay, this emotion fight isn't getting us anywhere. So then I tried to drop the emotion out of it and came to the point where I was like, here's what is going down. And here's the consequence of if we don't fix it. And here's my real life, like fears, like I'm afraid that if we don't fix this, it's not going to be fixable through this project. And so it was really, I didn't expect to have that much of a hard time in the beginning, even though I knew that it was going to be tough. Um, but as we kind of settled in, we found communicating to be a little bit stronger. For sure. So for sure. It, it came to this point where like, and I, and I was taking, um, um, I'm, I still am taking Reiki uh, one trainings, so like energy yeah, healing. Sure. And um, I was talking with my mentor and I even had a couple conversations with you at the time. And it was just like, I had to learn to communicate in an emotional state Mm -hmm. and to come back from red line, super pissed emotions, because all I'm going to do is yell and scream and say things that I don't mean. Right, right, right. And, And when I finally came down and I'm like, Hey, you just said this, that, hurts my feelings or that makes me angry or that worries me about this. Like it doesn't go well for the flow of conversation, but like as soon as something comes out, I'm like, Hey, that bothered me. And it allows me instead to swallow it and just sit there Mm -hmm. and get pissed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just go, what's wrong? What what, was wrong? Nothing's wrong. I'm fine. Why would anything be wrong? (laughs) You know, (laughs) what the hell would I have to get pissed off about? Yeah. It's such a common thing that we do. Like you can go like go to a restaurant or the supermarket and just watch. Mm-hmm. You can see people do that all the time. And the more you become aware of yourself, the more you can notice it in other people because I believe that everybody we see in the world, including you and I looking at each other right now, is just a reflection of who you are or who you want to be or who you don't want to be. And so that's one of those things. And I, one of the things I really, really believe is the more that you can be honest with yourself and the people that you're in direct relationship with, the more that you're able to be honest with the people in the more common world. And the more you're going to be able to, the more love you can give yourself because I'm, anger is my thing. Mm-hmm. Like when I, this is my stages go confusion, 
anger like boink, like spiked like oh yeah. ryan's confused oh ryan's angry like that's yeah. how it goes and then it's it's a it's a hard spike up and then a hard spike down through shame and then then i can kind of begin to fix it and it's one of the things that i work on all the time and the more that i work on it the more than it when it happens with people out in the world the more that i'm able to be like okay i definitely understand that because i'm that and i'm able to give that person love and give them understanding so that they can see that too and because it's just one of those things it's just like because when you just start just like you said you're just like whoa what's wrong there's nothing wrong fuck you there's nothing wrong like you know and then we get all angry and we say stupid stuff yeah. and then of course that person gets triggered and it's just like this freaking it's like putting two people that don't like each other in a dryer yeah. You know, it's, just it's just hot and you can't get control of anything and you're just tumbling over and it's just ridiculous and so the more we can notice that and it's like then there's nothing to build up you're just like oh i just you know you ate the last of the chocolate in the refrigerator and you didn't offer me any and i know that that's a silly thing to be triggered by but i am triggered by it and i understand that, that has nothing to do with you and i'm working on it currently and i appreciate you uh allowing me to share that with you and like it's like oh that was way better. Like, it's just, you know, and of course it's not a perfect thing. I'll use an example. Um, this is what happened to me last night. It's something that I, I want to share about because it's important to me because it's something that I don't want to be at all. So I have a two month old and I have a two and a half year old. And the two and a half year old is this perfect little angel until we have the baby. And now she's just an uncontrollable ball of jealousy and rage which is i like look at her and i'm like oh my god that's totally me like it's me like on my worst days that's me and she's not that all the time yet it's just hard to it, it's challenging it's the the toddler is the baby's easy my charlie my toddler's the challenging portion and so last night we all get out of the shower all cleaned up and um my wife's got a towel on and my daughter is naked and my baby uh, Pippin is like laying on the bed and Charlie's butt naked and just goes over and sits right on her head. And I'm like, no. And I like reach over and I like kind of push her off and she like flails backwards and she's like, and she like laughs and then she looks down and then she just kicks my baby in the, in the head twice. Ooh. Like heel kicks. Boom. Boom. And I freak out because like my two month old and I'm, I get scared and then I'm like, why? But then I just, I go to that place of like, why would you do that? And then I just, I redlined and I grabbed my, to I grabbed my toddler because we have two queen size beds side by side because we have four people often sleeping in our room. And so I pick her up and I just launch her over to the other bed where all the blankets and laundry is piled up. But it wasn't in a loving or caring way. Like I freaking, I freaking catapulted her to the other bed. And my wife's like, Ryan, and I was like, McCare, back off. I was just, you need, and because I, and I could just feel it. Like, I don't need you coming at me. Like, I'm, I'm so angry right now. And then I come out of the room and I, I, we all calm down. I get my daughter to sleep. I take Charlie and I put her to sleep. And then McCare comes in and she's like, uh, she's like, you scare me when you do that. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. and I was like, well, I was scared too. And she's like, how could you be scared? She's like, I just feel rage from you. And I was like, I had to like stop because I was like, you know, and then, then again, I was just getting angry at her because she was just expressing to me. And I was just like, because I had spiked up into anger and then I'm coming down through shame. You know what I'm saying? Right. I do so know I'm what you're really, saying. Really, really, really feeling that shame. And she's, it's just like you're talking, like being able to hear people when you're emotional. And then she's like, and so I'm just like, and then she's like, oh, what did she say? She's like, and I was like, I'm scared. She's like, how are you just scared? She's like, I don't understand that. She's like, I just feel rage from you. 
And then I was like, wait a second. So then I stopped and I was like, okay, we got to separate and not talk. I put my headphones in. I listen to some music. I calm down. I watch a video or whatever. And then I come back. I said, you're not wrong. I said, I was very angry. And she's like, well, tell me about the fear. Like, I don't understand how you feel scared. How does, how does you tossing your daughter feel scary? And I was like, no, that part doesn't feel scary. That part feels angry. I said, the part where I watch my baby girl get kicked in the face by this. And at, at the moment she gets kicked, the thing that's kicking her is irrelevant. It could be a 40-year-old dude. It could be the two-year-old daughter. It's just like, it's just a, it's for me, like in that fight or flight, it's like something that I need to get away from her to keep her safe. And like with this unprocessed stuff that we carry around, I mean, I'm almost, I'll be 40 next, next year or in April, which I guess is next year. And it's just like these things from like, you carry this stuff around. It's like these triggers. Like I have to fight, spent 20 years in the military. There's something, you just got to get it away. You got to separate it. And so it's just like, but I don't want to do that. And my, my wife is like, just, if she's like, if I'm scared, then imagine how scared she is. And so it's just like, Ooh, you know, and the last thing I want is for my daughter to grow up scared of me. And it's just like, and I'm not going to even pretend this is an isolated incident, but I don't even need to say that anybody who's listening to this can judge however they want it. That's their stuff. But it's just like by me sharing the story with you, it's an opportunity to be like, Ryan, I don't want to be this way. That's not how I want to show up. And I'm like replaying it in my head. Charlie gets kicked or she kicks Pippin because she's needing something like that's her crying for help. And so then instead I can like wrap her up and like give her love and just carry her away in a loving way. Like that's what I want, like in a perfect scenario, like that's where I want to be, but I have to share the story and I have to be able to, while in an emotional state, be able to notice, like listen to my wife because she's also crying for help. And I believe this Tony Robbins, there's a really cool video that I watched. It's uh called value chains. And he talks about being he's like the most important part about business or relationships is being able to receive information. And then he says the two types of communication that you can receive, and there's nuance down from that, the kinds of things that you can receive, but he says you can either receive cries for help or loving responses. And my daughter kicking my other daughter, that's a cry for help. My wife looking at me saying, I only feel rage from you. Like, of course, that's a cry for help. It is. But my interpretation is like, why are you attacking me? But that's not what happened. She's just asking me for help. She's like, I don't want this to be like that. She's like, you're an amazing father. But there's these times, yeah. you know, and I have a 17-year-old son as well that lives here who's also like this amazing mirror of me when I was 17. It's like, yeah, whatever, dad. I just want to freaking chill and play video games, you know? And it's like, I want him to step up and be an adult like so bad. But it's like, and so it's just like these times and you're just like, you know, and when you see those things, this is really like, okay, where do I trip offline? Where do I scream for help? Or how am I not asking for help? Does that make sense? I know it's oh, kind of like a long 100%. story. Yeah. And so it's just in my, but my toddler has been like this amazing mirror for me, especially in the anger department and um, anger and jealousy, like those two departments for me. Like she displays those two things and those two things. Like I just, I'm so triggered by that because I am that. Like those are my things. Like I see something, I get confused. Why isn't it like this instead? Because I want that other thing. And then I just, you know, whoo, you know. Oh, and so man, just, you know. I, I do know 
really well. And this is what I'm talking about by like mm-hmm. sharing and inspiring and stuff is, is that yeah. like I can, I don't have kids, but I can flip that script about half an inch and say that in the beginning of this, when I was going red line mad, like seriously day after day after day, it was from fear. It for was sure. because I have this amazing woman that I am in love with who I've been together with for 14 years and it's starting to get to that point where I'm afraid of where we go from here. And so when I got afraid, when the communication wasn't right, when it didn't all fall in and I didn't have something else to chill me out chemically, bam, red line, like just pissed, just, you yeah. know, in that exact yeah. state. And she's like, you're scary. Why are you acting like this? And I'm like, ah, I don't know, you know, like literally I, I can't yeah, always in the moment. Thing, and it's, it's this whole, um, I had another buddy of mine, Nicholas Spone on here and we were talking about fear versus love base. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, he throws everything as either fear versus love base. And it's it, it, your, those are your options there and how you respond to things like that. You know, just like you just said, are you afraid of it? And you, chuck her across the room or are you which like 100% is me like I totally see that Mm -hmm. um and um or or, you know do you face up with that combativeness with love which is what it needs and Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be really tough it is especially when like in my case we are we're fighting because what she needs is more love but you get the, you know, you start a fight on that. So Mm -hmm. like, that's the person, the correct answer is a a hug and a cuddle, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, but I'm pissed off at you right now. For sure. And I think too, like in that cycle, like when you're talking about for fear and love, and it's the same thing, like it's crying for help because I'm scared of, I'm scared of not getting something or losing something. And then you have just two people like, I'm crying for help. Well, I'm crying for help more. Well, I'm crying for help more. And then it's like this thing. And then it's just who can notice that that's happening first. And then who can be the first one to be like, okay, we both need something. What is it that we need? How can we both get this? And then just like having a discussion about that. And something I really want to make clear to the listeners too, is that fear is not an excuse to act stupidly. And, and Joel and I, I think what we're really doing here is us discussing these things and really admitting who we are and how we get angry is us doing our best. Yeah. And when I, I say doing our best, because we can always be doing better, is doing our best to take responsibility for this because I absolutely want to take responsibility for her. And like, it's, it's like when I think about it and I remember picking my daughter up and it's not, I didn't chuck her 10 feet. It was like a three to four foot flood. There's a massive pile of sheets and blankets that we just done laundry. We're getting ready to make the beds. And I remember seeing it easily. And I was like, oh, I can just toss her right there. And so in my head, in my fight or flight response, I feel totally justified. You know right. It's a, safe, it's a safe spot it's, to land. Yeah. You're like, yes, it's, this yeah, needs to get away, but that's totally a safe spot. Back. I totally get it. I feel totally justified. However, it is so important if you want to remain in a relationship with somebody to honor how they saw it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because like I just saw me jumping to the rescue, the superhero coming out, scooping Charlie up and tossing her into the blankets. But my wife saw a violent explosion of rage and freaking, you know, she saw something very different. And so we could argue that nuance all day because when I play it in my head right now, like right now I can go back to that point. And it's like, yeah, that was obviously the right choice. But then I, for, you know, 
I acted the best I had with the awareness I had of myself and based on my experience. But now with this new experience, I can say, Ryan, next time this happens, because it's going to happen again, mm -hmm. siblings fight just like adults fight, just like anybody fights. And Ryan, the next time it happens, scoop Charlie up, give her a hug and just take her away. Like, can you do that? And I can be like, motherfuck, yes, I can. Like, I can yeah. figure that out. Like, I can get there. And so I just really, really want the listeners to be aware that I, we, I, this is not an excuse to act poorly. However, take your poor actions and learn from them. Learn from them every single day because I'm going to get off this podcast and in like 15 minutes, I'm going to screw something up yeah. because that's just how we are. And it's just like to rinse and repeat that process of learning over and over and over. And then just, you know, get on here and then share with somebody. Dude, Joel, this is what I did. I tossed my little girl yesterday, you know? And it's just like, oh man, I totally understand how that's going. How can we build from this? How can we be better? And then it's just like in this, be making this podcast is an example of how we can be better. You know, yeah. so that's why I show up and I appreciate you having me here and I appreciate you hearing my story and not judging it because that's also important because I don't want to fight you, dude. We're cool. No, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, oh man. You were in the Navy. Yeah. I ain't fighting you. I'll lose. No, man, dude. I'm so <laughs> overweight and out of shape right now. It's ridiculous. My knees hurt. I can barely kneel down. It sucks. <laughs> all good but no yeah. i i mean uh, appreciation goes both ways because that conversation is like so you know what we what we don't see or, or a long time ago uh in my relationship with not only my wife who was then my girlfriend but with other people you know we would go out and you would see somebody in your circle or some or somebody would see you have a bad day you mm -hmm. know like you got pissed off and had that quick response and now somebody thinks that like you're a total asshole based on like a quick response that you saw without any context kind of thing. And so like one of the things that, and that's, that's the kind of stuff that when it happens at home, we, we keep in, you know, as shame because that's not our best self and we don't want right. people to see that. And so one of the side effects again of this whole project was to try to, or, or to actually tries bullshit. It gives you a way out. To, to actually do a better job of becoming the person pub, privately that I am publicly. So, you know, if I'm behind closed doors and, you know, my wife and I get in a fight and I go to that place that I'm not proud of, like no one could ever see that and I could keep that in and that could just be what it's going to be, but it's never going to get better. For sure. And like, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks you are. It's internally who you and the people important to you think you are or know you are. And so, you know, just this conversation, just being like, look, we all do something like that. You might not see the whole thing, or you might also realize that if you see something, it might not be the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming back to that place, especially when you want to communicate this about being in a place of non-judgment and just letting mm -hmm. people express themselves and then just going like, look, I, I get it. Like I set out to publicly, you know, not do any of these things that I'm vices on. And on day two, I'm, you know, having to jump on the mic and go, Hey, I know it's only day two, but I had an emotional thing and I didn't know how to deal with it. And I smoked a joint. Sorry. But at the same time, does that mean I'm done? No. You know, I'm going to jump right back in and keep going because now I learned how to, how to hit that. You know, and right. same thing, like each step, each mistake is reframed into a learning opportunity. And mm -hmm. I talk a lot about reframing and a lot about opportunities and being grateful and stuff. And 
I had to tell my wife, and I think that, that, you know, this is the same situation with you. I had to tell my wife, like, I'm sorry that we had this big fight, but I'm actually happy that it happened because it led us to this discussion. As uncomfortable as it was, as terrible as it was, now I know that this is the thing that needs to happen next time. That right there, I believe, is the literal night and day of having a healthy marriage and a a freaking awful divorce. It's literally the difference, is acknowledging what can we learn from this instead of like, this is your fault for this thing that happened six years ago. Oh, you're you're bringing that up again. Well, you know, instead of doing that, it's like, that's the difference. It's literally a difference. It's like an on and off switch between pent up bullshit and then like, no, let's learn from this, this be better. But this, one of the things um, you said earlier is reminding me of like, when you're going out and being in judgment of people, I was having this conversation with my very good friend. Her name's uh, Lauren Stark. She's a client and a colleague of mine and she works in production in San Francisco. And she was, she sent me this post and we had this really cool conversation about the, the three roles that we play, the perpetrator, the victim, or the rescuer. Like these three things. She's like, us as humans, a perpetrator is one who's like instigating or whatever. The rescuer is the one's like, oh, I'll save you from this person. And the victim's like, oh, this is all your fault. Like, you know, you know, those are my terrible improv uh, examples of that. But anyways, she's like, is it possible for us to not play one of those roles? And so then we were like, had this really interesting thought experiment about thinking about this. And like, so what's the thing? And so the one thing that we came up with is like coming back from that and just observing, you know, can you just observe you? Can you stop perpetrating, stop trying to rescue and stop being victim to your, to your reality, but instead, how can you just observe it and learn from it? And so I think we can, when we, when we realize we're playing one of those roles, we can be like, well, because rescuing people isn't necessarily helpful unless they're like you know one hand off a cliff or they're going to fall off something like or you know granny's like under a freaking flipped yukon or something and so like i mean but like the kind where it's like you see this on social media a lot where it's like you social justice warriors are like i'm gonna save you even though da 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 and i know i'm about to offend everybody with my <laughs> but that's okay it's my stuff send an email to me we'll work it out and then you know or or are you the one that's perpetrating are you trolling people are you instigating just to get a rise out of so you can feel something or are you victim to the everything we're like oh i would be so much better if this wasn't like that and so when you can whenever you notice you're playing one of those roles how can you take a step back and observe yourself how am i feeling when this is happening how do my emotions begin to bubble up like for example i talk about me going from like even neutral ryan to confused ryan to angry ryan because I know that's my process. That's like all the times I'm triggered, that almost always happens with confusion. I have no idea what's going on right now. And then I fight or flight, like right there. And I spent a lot of years in the military and I played competitive ice hockey before I joined. So like anger and aggression is like a very easy state for me to go for. And for a really, really long time, I convinced myself that I was very, what's the word I'm looking for? Effective from that space. Mm, yeah, yeah. Effective at being aggressive to eject the things out of my life that I don't want. Somebody comes into my workspace at work and they're trying to get me to do something. I get aggressive. They go away. It's like, yeah, I don't have to deal with that now. But I'm not, I'm not building any bridges doing that. You know? Right. 
And so from there, it's like, so if I can stop, it's like, okay, I notice I'm confused. I notice I get angry. And then on the way down, I got to come back through. I, I come through a point of realization. Oh, I totally screwed that up. Oh, I'm a terrible person. And then I got to wallow in that shame a little bit. And then it's like, oh, I don't have to be shameful about this. I can just go and talk to this person to calm down and learn from this. But that's my process. And so the more you can go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask like, so there's a, there's another step that at least we try to use in, in hypnosis is mm -hmm. so in the moment, have you done any practice on recognizing your state? Cause you, you can identify it. So you can identify later, um, that you go to confusion first. Mm -hmm. So have you taken any time, um, like to, to manifest that state? like like a um like in a meditative state or in a so sober state or when you're not having stimulus is what i mean by sober for sure and so you you think about that state and you think about that feeling and how it physically manifests mm -hmm. and then start to practice recognizing that state and giving yourself a left turn yeah so for sure like for me again this um this comes again when when holly and i would fight and I, and I actually get to say would fight right now because it's a it's not been overall a great length of time, but when it was as frequent as it was, I mean we're on two weeks, you know, give or take, maybe even a little more without that like screaming fight, which is huge yeah. and awesome. That's huge, and, you know, amazing, so I... much growth, and and thank you because you know part of that is is in in terms of some of the advice that that I got from you, and cool. but um, one of the things that I do is when I go from, you know, on that escalating scale up, my, my chest gets tight, shoulders get tight, take bigger, deeper breaths. And so like, these are physical manifestations mm -hmm. of my trip to the red zone. <laughs> so I take some time and can, uh, and it's a work in progress. When mm -hmm. I feel those physical steps, I go, I got to, you got to stop. You got to give me some time. We have to separate, which this mm -hmm. is something my wife and I are working on because we fight. I want to go away so that I don't get to red zone, but she wants to chase so that she fixes the problem. See, I'm the, we're, my wife rolls are opposite. I'm the chaser. She's the, she's the escaper. Like let's, yeah. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, it's rare. We have a safe word. Yeah. I've heard you talk yeah. about that before. Yeah. We have a safe word. Yeah. And that, that works for the most part with us until I notice that I use it just to shut her up so I can keep going. So, <laughs> and, that, and that's something that I'll, that I'll fall into every once in a while because I'll feel myself getting mad. I'll say the safe word and then she'll stop. And I'm like, oh, she's stopping. And then I'll reattack. Be like, whoa, okay. And then it's like, <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous. But it's like, you know, like, because it's, it's a challenging process because we want to fight or flight so bad. Yeah. You right. know, we really do. And so I've learned like where I'm going and, mm -hmm. you know, so for, for a while it was, I'm, I'm going to run away. I get it. We want to solve this problem, but I'm going to run away because we're not going to solve it. We're going to end up getting to my best self where I'm just screaming and you're just crying and, you know, we're screaming back and forth and there's nothing productive happening. And then mm -hmm. I'm going to have to, you know, then it's going to go from, from being a 20 minute fight to a three days fight because one of us said something that we didn't mean, we didn't really feel like wasn't true but now we have to try to fix it because it came out for sure. And, and so I have found that, and, and, and through trying to, to get her on the same page, like when I go away, 
don't walk around the house and talk shit. Don't follow me and go again because then we'll go, you know, up there and then coming back, you know, 30 minutes later after calming down or even the next morning and being like, look, Mm -hmm. this is where I was. This is why I felt that way. And now we can move on and learn from there. So that's, but that's just, that's just a, um, I, you know, it sounds like you're pretty aware of your process. For sure. So so, yeah, one of the things I think the question you're asking is, um, so what I know about my process. So as far as my, like, okay, I'm confused. I get angry. I realize, uh, okay, this is my fault. I feel shame. I've, I've, I'm in acceptance and then I can kind of go to peace and then work with it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things in, in the process that I've worked and the, what the, the, the school of learning I went to is when you're like, oh, I'm in shame right now. Oh, I just know the next step is accepting it and then moving on. Or, oh, I'm in anger right now. Okay, I know. Oh, I was just confused. Oh, I'm confused. Oh, if I don't take that left turn like you're saying, like I'm going to go to anger. Right. And then I'm going to have to go through. And if I go to anger, I'm going to have to go to shame. Right. Se. And so it's like, so it's like, but I know that that's the process. And so it's one of the things that people can just like you're asking to, like, have you really taken that time to be an observer of that and like write it down, like write your, your steps on a note card, carry it around with you if you have to. So you'd be like, oh, I'm in, I'm in shame right now. Because some people, their steps, my steps is like seven step process or something mm-hmm. per se. Some people have a three step process. Some people go from anger to acceptance. Boom. They don't feel any shame at all. They just move past it. And Maybe or whatever. And some people got a 23 step process, which isn't wrong. It's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, I'm sure if I got detailed with mine. So it's just like beginning to, but it's like when I can notice I'm in confusion, I can be like, oh, Ryan, you're just confused, you know, and expressing those, those, uh, those cycles as well with your partner. And they can be like, hey, Joel, are you a little confused right now? Can we help not get to the next spot? It's like, oh, maybe I am. But then, you know, but there's also a trial and error with that. It's like, fuck you. I'm not confused. Like, you know, right. it's like, you know so, and then you're like, oh, crap, I am confused. And I just went to anger by you asking me that you were just doing your best to help. I know that that outburst has nothing to do with you. That's all me. And so it's just more and more of that practice, just like anything yeah. else, like learning to hit a golf ball. And yeah. The Each you time it, you it's terrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and can you, yeah. can you imagine the first, I'm sure you can imagine because you probably done it the first time you went like. Hey, uh, wife, I'm, I'm sorry that all that happened, but I'm glad it did because this, and then she looks around and says, Oh, how the hell are you going to be thankful for, you know, having this big fight and screaming and storming off and not being Mm -hmm. here for an hour and da, 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 da. I'm like, because if you reframe it, then we can fix it. For sure. Be ready for that. Not to go well. (laughs) Yeah. Try that for the first time, but do it. It gets better. It's interesting because when I met my wife, McCare, she was already involved in this work. Mm-hmm. So she very, very much understands it. And we are, for the most part, very good at holding each other accountable. And like my ex, it was like, you know, once, once a day, once every two days, once every once a week, like we fought all the freaking time right. and we didn't fix it. We finally just said, screw this, I'm out, you know, right. left it. And then which was fine. There's nothing wrong with that because that was just part of our process. Like that was me like saying, I just can't do this anymore. Like something's going to break. Like I, how many dishes do I have to break? How many pairs of glasses do I have to pull off my face and twist in half? Like to, for this to be enough. And it's just like sometimes, so I really believe that you can either, you can either leave the trigger behind or you can figure out 
in yourself what the trigger resembles and then really work on that too so you can remain. And those are the two ways. And in this, that instance, I left the trigger and I walked away from it. And now I look back on it and I'm super grateful for it because I'm in an amazing relationship now. And I have an amazing relationship with my children and my son. And it's still, but it's just like, the, like you said, it's, there's always more to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've come a long way from kicking garbage cans and throwing dishes and being a freaking loud, arrogant ass to like a slightly quieter, arrogant ass. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, it, I have to really realize that like, Ryan, what's your thing? Anger. Boom. Right here. That's me. Like, mm -hmm. I know it is. And the more I can express that, the more I can really own it, the more I can really, really, really look out for confusion. And that confusion stuff goes way, way back into my childhood. Oh, you know? yeah. Directly dialed. I know exactly where it comes from. And it's just, you know, and it's part of that really, really, the more you can know who you are, the more you can accept who you are, the more you can just be like, I don't even care about anybody else. Go ahead and be mad. I still love you. It's all good. You know, because I get it because I've done the work. I understand me and I understand that I'm just seeing through my lens what it looks like when I'm like that. Does that make sense? So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, something came up through there and I know uh, one of the original things I want to talk about, we were kind of digging into, but when you're changing like in a relationship, you know, mm -hmm. this process was definitely, you know, I did it for me. Mm -hmm. knowing that my relationship would change because I needed to be a better version of myself. Mm -hmm. um, after I laid out the parameters of the project, my wife, of course, it would kind of be awkward if she didn't, but she jumped in on the process with me. Mm -hmm. And so this brought us through this whole piece. We, it, it was kind of this weird thing of like doing something together, but not together. Mm -hmm. because, you know, you have to do your own thing inside. And I kind of got to a point where I had to take a step back and say, like, look, I'm trying to deal with my shit, but I can't deal with your shit at the same time or mm -hmm. for you. Or if you're not going to deal with your shit, I can't be trying to help you deal with your shit. And so there's kind of an intermediary step there between you know, dealing with it or not, or separating the person and taking that step back and saying like, look, I got to take, it was a very short lived step because the message was received in my home. But it was like, look, I, I can't do this. You have too much shit that's getting coming out to me. And I have mm -hmm. too much shit that's coming out to you. So we need to deal with our own shit. Um, I'm not sure if I formulated that really as a question yeah, so the, much, but like, exactly? but like, what do you, I mean, how did you ever have a point where you guys felt that way? It would probably be you on the other end since she was a little farther on or, or like, how do you approach that? Like if, if, you know, you're doing everything you can and the other person isn't quite there and sometimes you just have to take a step. Is that, mm -hmm. okay. I don't, I don't know if I'm digging to the right thing. No, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. So I'm going to, how do you, how do you make space for you? when you think their stuff is theirs? Is that kind of where we're getting at? Yeah, or how do you come to the point, maybe how do you come to the point where you're like, look, this isn't the right thing for me. Right. But, but oh. like, okay. like before, like the step in between piecing out, you know, and moving on to a new relationship. Okay, so, so <laughs> I'm going to talk philosophy for a second because this is what I believe. I believe no matter what, it's always your shit. 
So if somebody's coming at you with their perceived stuff and you're not able to deal with whatever they're bringing, like that's your shit. The fact that you're not able to deal with it, like that's yours, your inability to cope. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and then, but, but then you're like, Hey, I need space. And I think that's the right thing. And so, and these are, these are the things that this is a really simple answer to that, which is more complicated, but we can look at it in these terms are really simple. If you have time, energy, love, money, whatever the, the product is to give to the person, then give it. I'll have time for you. I have energy for you. I have money for you. I have whatever it is, you know, whatever form of currency and then give it. And if you don't, then don't. And so one of the things, you know, it's kind of like you, you and Holly starting this experiment. I'm doing my best to kind of close all these loops. You guys have, you're like, hey, I want to do this experiment. And I'm assuming you're, you, you said, I would really like you to do it with me. And then she's like, I would like to do that with you. Here's the parameters. And these are the rules. And it's, I, I like to call it having a rules discussion. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because in, in everything in life, we can look at it like a game. Like we're going to play the impulse experiment for 30 days. Okay. These are the rules of the game. And um, I read this really cool book. McCare and I actually read this book when we first started dating together. It was called The Heart of Love by Dr. Jeffrey Demartini. And he's a very famous psychologist, life coach guy. He's really dope. Anyways, in the book, he said, have these discussions and then play by these rules as long as you both want to. And then when you're like, oh, we've been playing Monopoly for a really long time and I don't really want to use a free parking rule anymore. Can we have a new rules discussion? And then you're like, oh, yeah, well, I had this other rule that I saw online. Would you like to try this instead? No, I kind of want to do this rule. Oh, that's cool with me. Have your little agreement and then continue and then play that game, the new version of the game. And so you said like yourself, you said like a couple weeks in, you're like, I had to pull back and I had to kind of adjust rules. And then I had to let her know, like, hey, that's your stuff. You got to go do that because I got to do this for me. Like, you can look at that as another rules discussion. We're going to alter this slightly. I'm going to go do me while you go do you. And then you both play that game as long as you both want to. And then you continue that process until one person's like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And I think one of the, one of the, most, one of the most amazing lessons that I've learned as far as relationship goes is that my wife and I, and we both know this, and sometimes it's not always easy to accept, but we don't need each other. Yeah. We want to be together. We want to continue to play this game together. And when we fight, even when we're angry or like we're both coming down and the fight's kind of over, we're like remind, remind each other like, hey, I still want to do this with you. I want to live this life with you. But don't get it twisted. There's never, ever, 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 ever. Can you hear that? No, nah, don't worry about it. Somebody just started a vacuum like right outside my window. <laughs> Anyways, there's never a point ever when you need somebody to be whole. And right. we use that as a manipulation a lot in relationships. I don't know what I'm going to do if you leave. You, you know what you're going to do? You're going to figure it the fuck out. That's what you're going to do. Right, yeah. You're going to figure it out. And, that's, and I think that's so, so important that even when somebody's bringing their stuff at you and you like all you're like, like that's your stuff. They're a trigger, but the anger, the sadness, the whatever emotion, the joy, like if somebody comes and they're like, 
buy you a freaking sweet bottle of scotch and you like feel all excited. I just received this gift from the person. The joy you're still feeling still comes from inside you. It's based on your experiences and your level of awareness for yourself. That's it. And you have chosen to place yourself inside a vicinity of this person that gives you gifts in this way. Like that was your choice. So like I believe from an energetic standpoint, I place myself in the vicinity of my wife, McCare, who gives the things to me that I enjoy. And I will continue to stay in this relationship until I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it can be like, it's that simple. We make it really ugly and we make it really, we muddle it and we make it really after school special or these rom-coms and we make it really, really weird and stuff because we all have problems. We all have flaws. And at the end of the day, I choose to, I choose to bring my pros and cons into my relationship with McCare's pros and cons. I choose it in spite of it. I don't love this about her. She doesn't love this about me. We're going to agree to these rules anyway. Does that make sense? Oh, and so yeah. Continue to do that until you don't want to anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It's that simple. Like that's the line. And so it's kind of like we had this when we first started dating. We had fuck yeah Sunday. Do you want to do this? Yeah. Nope. The answer is no. Because I couldn't be like, mm, like right away. Like my reaction wasn't like, let's go do that. Huh. You know? And so Sundays was like that. And we have kids now and we have three kids in the house and a dog. We don't do fuck yeah Sundays anymore. <laughs> but we're, we're talking about moving. Yeah, from Hawaii right. To the mainland. Oh, wow. And we're really like, hey, what do you think about? And she, yesterday she's like, well, what do you think about moving to San Diego to be near my family? And we kind of talked about it. And then we were like, oh, this would be cool. And this would be a benefit. And this would be neat. And then I was like, hold on, wait. I was like, are you excited about moving to San Diego? She's like, no. I was like, we're not going to San Diego. And it's like, it's that easy. It's just, we just, we don't, we don't want to justify it. We don't want to justify staying with people. Like you can ask yourself, do I want to be with this person? Yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely. It is just, and I think, I think that we... One of the things I like to do in my, in my work and my coaching is like the step one is just kind of building awareness for self. It's like an acknowledgement or an assessment or a check-in on a scale of one to 10. How do you rate my life? And right now a 10 popped into my chest because I'm freaking having like I, this conversation we're having, like I'm 10 of 10 right now because this is my favorite thing. My wife and daughter, my wife and daughters are out doing wife and daughter stuff. I know that they're safe. My son freaking drove down to the store today and brought me coffee and creamer. And I was like, dude, 10 on 10 morning. My nice. life is badass. So, but like last night, I was like at a four. I just tossed my daughter. And so one of the things is like on a scale of one to 10, 10, acknowledge that number, own it. On a scale of one to 10, how'd you, uh, just a four, boom, there it is. Second question, what things could I be open to, to improving that number? And you know, well, I could do yoga. I could exercise. I could be more open with, my, with the people I'm in relationship with, whatever. Third question, what lies are you telling yourself to not act on question two? You know, and it's like, if it's like, oh man, I've been lying about wanting to be in a relationship with this person. Maybe that's one of your things. I'm not happy when I'm with this person. I'm convincing myself that I am. I'm convincing myself that I need them. The, the answer is you never need anybody else but you to be whole ever. It's just true. And there's a lot of people that hate that because they want that other person to need them very, very bad because of whatever gap they're missing in their life. 
you know, and so, yeah, yeah, I know that was a very long, long, long answer, but I hope that all made sense. So. Yeah, no, it did. It did perfectly, especially brought it back to a real nice point there. Like if like it's, you know, what is it if it's something else that someone else is doing to fill that proverbial hole? Like mm-hmm. that's not the right way to fill that hole. No. And that keeps you pigeonholed with that person instead of mm-hmm. step back, looking at how you can fill that hole and that person can stand next to that hole and be on the edge of it with you and be together as opposed to being forced yeah. to be with that person. Yeah. Because we, we see this in the, we see this in our culture a lot, especially on social media. You know, when you have everybody's pointing their finger across the aisle to the other side saying, this is your fault. You're part of the problem. This mm-hmm. is your fault. This is your fault. Your fault, your fault, your fault, your fault. We live in a very, very, very victim centric culture. Our judiciary system is based on proving who's the victim. Like that's what it's based on, you yeah. know, proving up. Oh, you're the victim. There's your settlement money. You know, congratulations. I hope $249,000 can help you be whole because it's, it's, it's just BS. So, um, where was I going with that? I just kind of lost that. So, oh, but I think the most important thing we can do is instead of pointing across the aisle, instead of being like, we need to fix the country because this is wrong and red versus blue and blah, 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 blah. Like what relationships inside of your home can you fix? Like what problems, what things can you patch? What things, what bridges can you build inside of your own home? Because if we all did that, if we all took care of us, if we all did our best to leave our houses as whole beings, we wouldn't fight as much outside of our homes. We wouldn't, we wouldn't need so much outside of our homes, outside of ourselves. Oh, I totally, I 100% yeah. agree with that. As, yeah. as I've gone from over really the last like eight, nine months since I've kind of started, you know, this change journey or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, um, I don't pick fights you know, whether that's on social media, whether that's at uh, a gathering, you know, I don't look for that guy that disagrees with me to go tell him that he's an idiot because I used to. Right. Sure. Um, and not only, you know, that kind of goes along with my whole belief structure as a whole being put on top of its head, spun around and flicked back out into the universe to believe that things like universal connection and that kind of stuff are right. possible. Cause I used to be what I would lovingly refer to as a militant atheist. You can sum that up in one word, asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, reading a, I'm reading a book that talks about, um, it's called Everybody is Wrong About God. Mm-hmm. And it's a very post-theistic view of like the way this guy thinks society can be like without organized religion. Right. And he's like, atheism, atheists need to shut up just as much as theists need to shut up. I agree. Yeah, yeah. because it's like, it's like if I didn't play golf, would I walk around and say I'm a non-golfer? And I, I think that's like the most, perfect analogy like you're just you're just walking around telling people what you're not you know instead of and he says the the problem one of the biggest problems he sees with all these labels whether you're a catholic or a a lesbian or a a heterosexual 40 year old dude he's like we have these labels for everybody and then we see this label and then we automatically start to make assumptions based on what we assume comes with that label Mm -hmm. and if we could if we could let go of all these labels we could just come to the party and be like hey i'm ryan i'm a person and then begin. Yeah, right. Fresh, you know? Right. And then and you can like start, start fresh building those rules for your game inside of that brand new relationship that didn't come with any baggage, you know? 
And then you can just learn about the person from there and you get to, you get to build your own assumptions and prejudices about them like in real time. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, you know, you can have those, and this is something, um, not a relationship with my wife, but in a relationship with an extended family member. Like I have, um, someone who I am around at, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, family meals and things like that, who is, you know, politically as far away from me as you can Mm -hmm. be and likes to express them on it. And, you know, they, um, have even like, dropped unspeakable words like the F word and the N word at, at the right. freaking Thanksgiving table. And we've got into spats over that. And like, as a relationship point, like it's very tough for me because if you don't identify each human being as having their own intrinsic worth, that is all equal based on nothing else than the fact that you're a human. Like I fundamentally have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. However, I have to engage this. I mean, I guess I don't have to, but within the parameters of my life, I choose to uh, engage with this person being in my life. For sure. Then is it his shit or my shit if I start the fight? If something pops up and is said, um, why is it right in the middle of a podcast? Somebody wants to freaking talk to me. Dude, it's not good. It's all good. I I turn my notifications off and I turn my Bluetooth off on my phone or it'll blow up. It'll blow me up in here. Yeah. And then it's like, Cause like my wife's like, Hey, did something happen on a merry-go-round? Cause Charlie's freaking out. And I was like, I've never taken on one. And why am I talking to you right now? I'm on the thing. <laughs> so it's like, it's, we're both dealing with it. It's hilarious. So, um, but, but it was my own, my own shit that like, I really can't just ignore what that dude said. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. You should never, you should never use that word. And it offends me because it means you intrinsically don't care for those people, you know? Right. But how is that going to serve me and our relationship right now? Like, am I going to convince you not to do it? No. Mm -hmm. Am I going to do anything else but determine that you're an asshole and I'm an asshole and now we have problems and the the beneficial or the mutual person between the two of us now like doesn't engage either one of us and it's all weird. You you know, it's the same kind of idea. Right. And I think, um, I think uh, instead of asking ourselves, is this their shit or my shit? I like to ask, and this is a practice because I no, babe, this is your shit. Like you need to back off. Like I, I like to practice instead saying, how can I take responsibility for this? Yeah. You know? Right. And sometimes taking responsibility is just letting it go. And to challenge you, if you believe all people have intrinsic value, then it's your responsibility to find out how that person has intrinsic value to prove yourself right. Oh yeah. Well, and that, and that's, and that's where the difficulty becomes is because, well, well with this particular person, their intrinsic value is huge in my world. For sure. But there's this like core right at the center middle of it idea that Mm -hmm. we don't align on, which Mm -hmm. makes, makes the relationship really difficult, you know, like on, you know, like a, B and C, we 100% disagree. And then on the entire rest of the alphabet, we're cool. Or, you know, like, and if it was like, we disagreed on, you know, Q, X and Y, it wouldn't be a big deal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can just, you know, can you brush A, B and C aside for, you know, because you're not going to change A, B and C in either person. So if you still want to engage in that relationship, can you brush something so important aside just to benefit each of your relationships and those around you? 
Yeah, and I think that's the I think that's the the answer to that question is the most valuable thing you can find, and yet it's really hard to find that answer. Right, it's just one of those things, and it's just like it's like, uh, and I think one of the things too is that sometimes you're going to say, okay. I think one of the reasons we get triggered by our own stuff and we get kind of upset and we get triggered because our belief that everybody has intrinsic value is being challenged. Oh yeah, sure. Who's standing in front of us. And then, and then you become, because your brain wants you to be right. Because when you're right, you're safe and you're going to stay alive. Like that's what your brain, that's how it works. And there's like, oh man, I'm wrong right now. And then you, that frustration, that fight or flight says, I'm going to come and save this. And it wants to bust out. That fight or flight wants out so bad. And, you know, because it relates whomever you're speaking of to the saber tooth tiger that's like lingering outside of the cave that's waiting to eat you when you're leaving the cave to go find food. And it's like a challenging, it's like a challenging dichotomy that we all possess. And I think one of the things too that can be very interesting is if us as human beings can learn to become comfortable not having answers to everything. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. And it's like, okay, this, I like to use gravity. There's a law for gravity. Like we have a law of gravity, but it's based on this theory and it works inside of this theory, the theory of relativity, right? That, but as soon as you take it into time and space and make this like the quantum theory, like gravity no longer works. They don't have a solution for it. So it's something they're still working on. They're like, yeah, we have this law, but we know it could be better. And we're, con- we're constantly working on that. I'm not saying that science is the way to do it. And your religion, people can have your stuff. I'm okay with that. I don't need you to be whatever it is. Yet it's just like, even, even in a religious setting, like questioning that, like, how could this be better? Like, how could we be looking at this in a different way? And like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it totally, it totally makes sense. Cause I, you know, that's another shift in my dichotomy is like, I didn't want to believe in something if you couldn't, if it wasn't based in the scientific method. So like me, you know, my previous thinking was like, okay, scientific method says, here's an experiment. I can tell you how to do it. As long as you do it the same way I did it, you're going to have the same general results. And we're going to know that that thing is a fact. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. That's, that's great. And I still believe highly in that process, but what about the experiments where we don't have a solid fact as an answer, but we also don't have a solid fact as to this doesn't happen this way. For sure. Well, I think so. um, Like that's exactly where you're, you gotta, you know, like I used to have to fight like, well, we don't know the answer. So your answer is just a guess and you shouldn't have any faith in that. I think the interesting thing about, hey, as long as you do it exactly like this, you should have this exact result. The thing that's different is a person viewing that experiment. And that sometimes we can be looking at two exactly same things. We're watching the experiment like literally happen. And then the, like we're writing our report independently from each other. And then they're going to look different because our lenses are different, mm-hmm. which goes back to our experiences and our, our awareness of self. Because if you know, know, if you know tons about scientific theory and you know tons about the experiment that's being done and the iterations that happened before it, like you're going to use that stuff as part of your answer to your, your new experiment thing. But the person who comes in fresh and clean is like, oh, I'm just watching this experiment as is. And they don't have anything else attached to it. Like that answer is going to be different because none of that baggage comes with it per se. And so sometimes it, it's, really, it's really impossible. And I think it's just... I think it's important to, in, in the scope of religion, 
and we can use religion just like, well, we won't even use religion. We'll just use moral frameworks. Like we all have a moral framework. I believe this is right. I believe this is wrong. And some people don't have gray area. Yet us as people are very gray. Our movies are about that gray area. The most powerful dramas we see are about that gray area where you'll see somebody doing something morally right, even though it goes against some law written in some book mm-hmm. that we've, does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think the more that we can look at life and look at people from this, from, you know, the lens of, take the lens of right and wrong off and look of what's right and wrong for this specific situation. And sometimes you're not able to know what the right or wrong choice was without making it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, like you, the example you used earlier, like, oh, I need to say this thing to my wife. Aren't you glad we had this argument? You knew for you that was the right thing. But now that you've done that and you've experienced the blowback of your own reality, you get to adjust subtly in the future to make yeah. that choice a little more valuable for the both of you. And you can know like, okay, I understand. Like maybe it was my tone. My wife doesn't like it. This is my bathroom door. This is like a corner in my bedroom. It's this little alcove. My wife does not like it. If I'm standing here having a conversation while she's in the bathroom doing makeup, she feels trapped. Like whatever stuff she's got, she's like, I just don't like it. If we're having a conversation that's like even sort of heated in any way, like it's just like, I got to stand, like I got to be sure I'm standing to the side, even though I may think it's silly. Right. I want to be in relationship with her. And so I want to learn how to be better and learn how to do this. And so it's like, it's all feedback, right? And oh yeah, absolutely. When you receive the feedback, you can be like, well, I think not standing in front of the door is dumb. I'm going to continue to stand in front of the door. And maybe that's you just saying, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. You know? Right. Or at you least know, saying, I mean, or at least yeah. saying, I want to be in control, you know, for sure. Because, uh, same thing. Holly will tell me that I stand up and pace around the room when we get in this fight. Mm-hmm. That's a position of power, whether sure. it's conscious or subconscious, it's a position of power. And so like, if I'm actually trying, I will sit down. And for if, sure. I'm, if I'm really trying to communicate, I'll drop down into my hypnotist voice. And <laughs> And I have to be like, I have to be like, babe, listen, I have to talk this way to be able to control my emotions. And it drives her absolutely nuts. Yeah. But I'm like, seriously, like this, this is a, because when I'm like hypnotizing people, making audio programs, doing things like that, that's the voice I use. That voice is like anchored in a calm state. For sure. She hates it because it's annoying, but at the same time, like, You've got it like it works. And I think kind of we keep coming back to this and I kind of think it can really be summed up by like if you're in a relationship, pay attention. Yes. Pay attention. Hey, we had a fight. That sucked. What did I learn from that fight? Where do we go from there? What out of that fight can I, what benefits me? Mm-hmm. And like the first time you come up with that, we're like, what the hell do you mean? What benefits me? What can I, but like, there's obviously something good in there that happened, whether that was like, I finally blurted out this thing that's been pissing me off for a week. Or, you know, like you said, your wife's like, stop standing in front of the door. You're keeping me trapped in here. Like, okay, new piece of information, new to information. inside the communication folder 
you know, using, uh, being a hypnotist, sometimes I, I put the brain in terms of a file cabinet or a hard drive and you mm -hmm. open that file and you open it up and that is your, that's your subconscious. That's just the information that is inside that named folder, you know, fighting, open that folder up. And it's like, and it, first of all, get in there and change the file name from fighting to communicating. For sure. For sure. Yes. Open that up, pull out the thing that says, you know, stand up, put your hands on your hips and stomp around the room and talk loud and put in, sit down, talk in a calm voice and, you know, eye contact. You're like, oh, look how we've completely changed that idea. So well, it brings empathy back into the, it brings empathy back into the conversation. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. It brings empathy back, man. And like, that's why I like doing, like when I work with clients, most of my clients are on the mainland. And mm. so I do everything via like this. I want to be able to see the other person. Oh, so for can, sure. It, just, it brings that empathy in there. And it's just like, as soon as you take the face away, then you can say stuff over the phone. And then as soon as you take the voice away, that you could just like, we're huge dicks on the internet. <laughs> you know, it's just because there's no empathy. People don't yeah. care because it's just, you're literally just when, especially when social media is involved. And I want people to really think about this. When you're yelling at Twitter, you're just yelling at your own reflection. Like if there's no, if there's no person sitting there, like whatever, like, you know, Sandy jeans, two, four, seven says on, I don't know if Sandy jeans is such a random thing <laughs> says on Twitter, whatever emotions, Oh, angry. You're just yelling at yourself. You're yelling at your own anger. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And it's just an infinite loop. And that loop never stops. Like the more you put it in, like, Oh, sweet. We're just going to freaking let's just dump gasoline on this bucket of stupid <laughs> so yeah. Dumb. yeah so one of my guilty pleasures i like to go to twitter and like w w read people fighting like watch people fight and i i do my best not to engage because it's just like all right i got it out of me i see yep it's not worth it like i see what happens it's like the evidence is there you know it's going to happen as soon as you say something even if you think it's like oh, i have the most perfectly thing it's going to diffuse everything and everybody's going to see the light and then the hate just comes in right behind it and you're like i don't how did how did this happen? And then I go, to, I, that was so perfectly thin. And then confusion sets in. And then the anger sets in. And then you're just like, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, the terrible thing about social media is it allows you to like sit in your anger longer. Yes. So, yes, so and, and this comes back to, to reflection. And I did an episode on anger the other day. And I'm like, okay, so scenario, you and your wife get in an argument like nine o'clock at night. You're like, screw it. I'm tired. We're fighting. I'm going to bed. You know, I have to be honest. I think that in my world, at least I've learned don't go to bed angry means keep fighting. And so I, right. dis I disagree with that. Don't go to never go to bed angry. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you should go to bed angry or else it's going to be 1.30 in the morning and you're still mm -hmm. screaming at each other. You're still screaming at each other. Because you're trying to fix it right yeah. now while you're still pissed off. It doesn't work. So, and then you got to get up at 5 a.m. to get your kids ready for school. And it's just like. And then you're going to care. So yeah. you're still going to be mad about it. And then mm -hmm. so like oftentimes I'll leave in the morning still pissed off. Right. And then I'll want to. And then that'll just keep going in my brain and keep going and going and going. And it's like, OK, we fought last night at nine o'clock, went to bed after that, woke up this morning, was grumpy before I left the house. Now I'm still trying to be mad at her. She's not around right so what what good does that do yeah like you're gonna spend if your whole not there day you're still mad you're just mad you're just mad you're and mad. you're gonna spend uh, your yeah. whole day and then mm -hmm. by the time you get back home 
you'll either be in a really terrible shitstorm spiral because you've been mad for 18 hours right. or it will have finally naturally dissipated and you just gave yourself an extra four or five hours of being pissed off at yourself. You know, for sure. Going through all of the emotions of mm -hmm. being mad at somebody else but only to dump them on yourself and ruin your yeah. own day. So it's just like, you know, it all, even though you're mad at somebody else, you're mirroring it and giving yourself the side effects without, if you would call it that, without the benefit of them feeling it. It's, yeah, I don't even know our need for other people to feel what we're feeling. It's not even real. It's not even a real thing. So it's just, this is fascinating. And I think um, one of the things too, like we'll use today's, today's Monday, right? Yeah. yeah. Today's yeah. Monday. A lot of people have problems with Monday, right? But it's not it's not Monday that's the problem. It's the label and the value that you have assigned to Monday that you have a problem with. The rainy the day is never shitty. Oh, today sucks. No, it doesn't. You suck. Yeah. Period. Like yeah. it is. Oh, I hate that person. No, you just hate. Yeah. You know, it's just like that's what it is. Like just drop off the last part and just assign that to you the value. You know. Oh. I love it when this person does this for me. No, you just, you just love. Or like, I mean, but even, you know, when, when receiving gifts, like you're just love or, you know, but then you can check in with that. Like, is that the only time that you feel that is when you're being validated by some external source? And then that's like, you know, well, how can I go replicate this without that person there? And then the more you can do that, the more that you can just be that. And then people are, you're just going to surround yourself with people that want to do that too. And you're going to be able to see very clearly the people that don't want to do that. And then you can start making some tough decisions because they're tough decisions. Well, even that, even yeah. that, um, even that I hate Mondays thing or, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that finishes that sentence is an opportunity. It's like, I hate Mondays. Why do you hate Mondays? Because I have Why? to get up at eight o'clock in the morning and go to this shitty job and da, da 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 da. So do you really hate Mondays or do you hate the job? Do you need to find another right. outlet? Because I love Monday mornings because Mondays I don't have to go to the day job. Yeah. So I get to get up early and sit in my own office and work on my own stuff that Heck is yes. my avenue out of the day job, which I work for my brother. I play with dogs. It's awesome. I love my day job, yeah. but at the same oh time, God. it's not yeah. my passion, you know, mm -hmm. like, so I love Mondays and I'm happy now to have better control of my weekends where I can be more productive, you know, cause I'm not still hungover and I got some sleep and that kind of stuff. So now I can attack these Mondays better, but for sure. it, it doesn't have anything to do with the day. It doesn't have anything to do with you know, the, the time space or the fact that it's not the weekend, it has to do with what you're doing mm -hmm. and there's your control. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Cool, brother. Good stuff, man. Yeah. I'm stoked about it. This is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I always love chatting with you. Um, anywhere else you want to go from here on the topic? No, no, I, I think I kind of think we dug pretty good there. Yeah. I think we dug pretty good. I think just the most important thing that I'd like people to take away is like, how can you, what can you do today? Like on a scale of one to 10, how do you rate your life? Oh, uh, just whatever pops into your chest, just take it and own it. Oh man, my number was three. Okay, cool. You're the three. Like, let's just be real about that. That's not a great place to be. And like, second question, what could you do to improve that number? So this is a quick exercise. And then number three, 
why aren't you doing that? What lies are you telling yourself to keep yourself from working out of that? And just take responsibility for that. Ask yourself that question as many times as you feel it's necessary and just start building blocks, man. It's like eating an elephant one bite at a time or building a brick wall, like one brick at a time or whichever nuanced freaking cliche thing you want to use for you. I don't care. Do whatever you could be doing to improve that. Because every time you do that, it's going to improve. Everybody who's in a relationship with you is going to improve their lives. And if, if it doesn't, you may not want to be in a relationship with those people, you know? So I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. I love that little exercise. It's awesome. Yeah, man. I Super absolutely love it. For sure. Um, so real quick before we go, where can these people find out more about you? Tell them about the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I am at ryantraba.com. That's R-Y-A-N-C-H-A-R-A-B-A.com. Um, the podcast is First Wake Ups with Ryan Traba. That's at ryantraba.com forward slash podcasts or download any podcast app that you have, whether you're on iTunes or Android or whatever, and uh, just search either Ryan Traba or First Wake Ups. Wake Ups is one word, W-A-K-E-U-P-S. And then please, once you've listened to that, if you love it, rate and review it on iTunes. If you hate it, rate and review it on iTunes anyways. And then you can find me on in whichever social media you prefer at Ryan Sharaba, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, just come check me out. There's a free Facebook group that I'm actually just getting off the ground right now. The purpose of this group is for people to get together and share and connect just for the purpose of sharing and connecting these stories that we like to trade so that we can begin to build value from them instead of just like deconstruct. And so that is the first wake up's inner circle. It's free. Just first wake up center circle or you can find a link to it from my business page on facebook which is at ryan traba and then yeah join in there get involved in the conversation and if you have any questions you can also send me an email at ryan at ryan yeah that's all the places you can find me or just if you forget all of that just google ryan traba and then pick a spot that i come up at and just hit you know message and send and we'll we'll definitely get involved and so yeah having these conversations is my favorite thing if you have any questions about anything, please reach out. Do not even hesitate for a moment unless you notice you're hesitating and then definitely reach out. So, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely, definitely reach out. So yeah, absolutely. Sure. Definitely re- reach out to this guy. Uh, he's an awesome resource. He loves to help people and check out his podcast. It's super good. All kinds of real and raw stuff. So if you liked anything that I do, he inspired me. So go check him out. Uh, cool. And we'll wrap up there. Um, I always end everything by saying make every day better than the day before. And if you don't, that's totally fine because it means tomorrow will be easy. So live with gratitude, celebrate your victories, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Cool, man.